Hey, hey, welcome to the Find Your Tove podcast. I'm Dr. Henry Graff. This is episode 17, and I'm calling it Unconscious Competencies. There's these things that we're unconscious of. When I was a college professor, we talked about unconscious incompetencies, those things that you don't know that you don't know. A kid would come in their first week of class, and they wouldn't know the questions to ask. So we'd tell them things like, to drop a class, if you do it by Friday, you get a 100% refund. If you wait until Monday, you only get a 50% refund. They were unconsciously incompetent. They didn't even know what to ask. This week, I realized there are unconscious competencies Things you know that you don't even realize you know. You've done them for so very long. I was listening to the last three podcasts, the ones with Tim Barron, Lisa Van Meter, and A. McKenna, also known as Adeline Graff, my daughter. I realized I have this unconscious competency, this thing that I do that I don't even realize I'm doing because I've done it for so long, and I wanted to share that with you today. Before we jump into that, I wanted to remind you, in two days, Thursday, November 10th, I'm going to be in Evansville, Indiana, doing a leadership intro. We're doing it from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. If you're a leader and you want to find out what we do with Find Your Tove, check out findyourtove.com, register. It's a free event, but we wanted to let you know that was going on. Also, Tuesday, November 15th, I'm in Brighton, Michigan, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., we're doing that same Finding Tove Leaders intro. Then that evening, we're doing a live podcast at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6, and I'll be signing some books. Then at 7 p.m., we're doing a live podcast. That'll be amazing. Then, on Thursday, November 17th, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 9 a.m. to 11, we're doing the Find Your Tove Leader intro. Then that evening, 6 p.m., I'll be signing some books. 7 p.m., we're doing a live podcast, and I will have a special musical guest that night, so there'll also be some live music. It'll be a great event. I hope I see you. Let's jump into episode 17. So this is my unconscious competency. The thing that I do that I don't even realize I'm doing, I've just done it for that long. The word is kairos. It's a Greek word. It has nothing to do with the X marks the spot chiasm poem that just kind of rhymes. The word is translated time, but there's two words for time in Greek. The first one is chronos. You know that word already, chronos, like chronology. This thing happens, then this thing happens, then this thing happens. It's a timeline. So chronos, chronology, is at 6 a.m. I wake up, at 7 a.m. I eat my breakfast, at 9 a.m. I go to work, at noon I take lunch. That's chronos, chronology. But in Greek, there's this other word that also gets translated as time. More often, it gets translated as moment or occasion. That word is kairos. There's a kairos moment, and here's, here's what Jesus says. In Mark 1.15, he says, The kairos has come. The kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there's these kairos moments When we recognize them and when we do something with them, the kingdom of heaven breaks in. 
Now, when you hear kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, that's one of those words that exactly what it points to is really fuzzy. Some of you are deconstructing your faith. You're trying to figure out what that means, and you're not sure what the kingdom of God is. Others, you hear that term and it feels too religious and you want nothing to do with it. So here's the baby step if we're talking suspension of disbelief. There is a way that it is, the bad breath and body odor real world that we live in. There's pain and there's suffering and there's hurt. There's war and there's famine and there's economic strife. There's the way that it is. There's good things too. I know I just described the bad things, but... When we look at those bad things, the fact that we recognize them as bad, the fact that we wish there was another way, a better way, I would argue that's a baby step toward there's the kingdom of how it is, the way it's done here right now, and there's the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, or maybe the baby step is to say there's the way that it should be. So there's the way that it is and the way that it should be. The way that it is, there's wars. And I've talked to many soldiers and they use words like war is hell. Maybe you've heard that before. If you want to take the kingdom of heaven and put it against another kingdom, it would be the kingdom of hell. I had a friend and he had a really rough marriage and he found out that his wife was cheating on him. He was an atheist. He had nothing to do with religion. Yet when he looked at me, he said, Henry, this is hell. So there's the kingdom of hell. There's the kingdom of heaven. Man, how do we get the earth to look less like hell and more like heaven? I think that's something everybody can get behind. Are you with me? Oh, so Jesus says in Mark 1, 14 and 15, The kairos has come, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Somehow, when these kairos happen, it's a thin spot. That's what the Celts, the Irish, they called it a thin spot. There's spots where the kingdom of heaven feels very, very, very far away. And there's these other spots where it's so close. It's like heaven is almost kissing earth. And Jesus calls those kairos. So it's really important to figure out what kairos are, what kairos is, if we want to be part of ushering in this new kingdom, this kingdom of heaven, the way it should be rather than the way it is. When I'm explaining this to people, I draw a line on a regular piece of paper from left to right, and at the end of it, I put an arrow. That's chronos. That's chronology. I can even do a timeline like you used to back in grade school. Then I make a great big X. That's kairos. That's the moment. That's the occasion where the kingdom of heaven wants to break in. I was at a coffee shop having coffee with a bunch of guys. It's a thing we do called porch time. And one of them said, hey, Henry, it's been about a year. How you doing? It was a year ago that I bought the house here in Tennessee and started moving my family. And I said to the man, I'm adjusting. He looked at me and we went on. We had our coffee. We talked. It was a great morning. Then a couple hours later, as I'm leaving, he goes, hey, Henry, go ahead and get adjusted. Oh, that... That was a kairos. It was this moment, it was this occasion where the kingdom of heaven stepped in. I've been living in a bit of a limbo, going, I'm just not settled in this new place yet. 
He said that, and I went, you know what? What's holding me back from getting adjusted? And so I cleaned up and I did some projects. When I did one of the projects, it was organizing my bookshelf. And I came across this book that Trisha gave me back in 2003, 2004 called What to Expect When She's Expecting. I can tell you the entire dinner. We went to our favorite Chinese restaurant. I was a vegetarian at the time, and I ordered the tofu stir-fried. And she handed me a wrapped gift, and I opened it up, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand why she gave me that book. And then I read the inside and realized that she was pregnant with our second child. Oh, that was a kairos. At that moment, the kingdom of heaven came a little bit closer. I just gave you two examples of types of kairos. One, I call a brick wall. When Trisha handed me that book and told me she was pregnant, that kairos got my attention. There was no ignoring it. If I was going along the chronological timeline, just cruising along on my regular day, boom, kairos, brick wall, things are changing. There's no denying it. The other kairos I described, that word or phrase that got my attention hey, it's okay to get adjusted, that was a speed bump kairos. Sometimes kairos are big, sometimes they are little. When we pay attention to them, the kingdom of heaven creeps in. Or at least the world can look a little bit more like it's supposed to, how it should be, rather than the way that it is. Let me give you another example. This one's super negative, but I had a friend. He came home one day and his wife said, I'm leaving. That's a very negative, but very big kairos. It's a moment. It's an occasion. That's a brick wall. Leading up to it, he had all kinds of speed bumps. If he would have paid attention, the night that she texted him, I can't do this anymore. And he was sitting on the back porch smoking his pipe and she had already gone to bed, and he ignored the text, that, that was a pretty big speed bump. Had he paid attention to it, things might have become different. They had things they needed to work on to make a marriage the way that it should be, and those were kairos, speed bumps, and brick walls. As I've learned about Kairos, like I said, they're unconscious competencies at this point. They're things that I realize, I see, that I don't even see. There's two other kinds. There's speed bumps. There's brick walls. There's also ones that I call mirrors. Oh, this is a great example. Years ago, Trisha and I were on a flight. I can't tell you where we were going or why we were on the flight, but it was just the two of us. We sat there and we watched movies and we did all the things that you do on a flight. There's usually three seats on one side and two or three seats on the other side. On this particular flight, in front of us, there was a mom and her two children. And these kids, oh, they, they tried so hard, but kids on a flight are just difficult. Their ears popped, their noses ran, they felt nauseous. It was all the things, and the mom did her very best to keep these kids calm and quiet. And quite frankly, she was amazing. Then, at the end of the flight, across the aisle, there was one person sitting by himself. He stood up, 
opened the overhead bin and handed her his bag. And at that moment, I realized they were married and he was the father of these children and he did nothing whatsoever to help that entire flight. We got off the plane, and as we were walking out, I said something to Trish. They weren't by us, but I just said, can you believe that guy and how he ignores his kids? Trish gave me what I call a mirror kairos. The look on her face communicated everything she needed to communicate. And I realized that's who I am. When I get onto a plane, I am so used to traveling by myself, I have my routine, I sit down, I put in my headphones, I begin to work. A couple hours later, I watch a movie, I've got this ritual, and when I would fly with Trish and the girls, I would ignore them. I was the exact thing I was criticizing. That, that, my friends, is a mirror Kairos So you've got mirrors, you've got speed bumps, you've got brick walls, and the final type that I've seen is crystal balls. These are the things where you realize this is how it could be. And that can be a great thing. Like, this is how it could be. I could achieve this. I could do this. Or it could be a really negative one. This, ooh, this is how it could be. If I don't stop doing this or start doing this, it's not going to turn out well. I have gotten so used to seeing Kairos that I don't even realize that I see them. And as I did the podcast with Lisa, Tim, and Adeline, I realized that I was having this Kairos and it was, it was about story. I'm going to do episode 18 all about story and how it works, but I couldn't talk through it without first telling you this Kairos experience. Because Tim Barron said it this way, he quoted me, but I was quoting somebody else, and I went and looked up the quote, and he was quoting somebody else. That's how great quotes work, but here's the quote. Pay attention to what you pay attention to. The question is, are you paying attention to these Kairos moments? Because if you do, there's a chance, there's an opportunity, the world can be more like it's supposed to be than the way that it is right now. It's the Kairos moments that let the kingdom of heaven break in. And in Mark 1.15, when Jesus says this, He actually gives a very clear way that this happens. The kairos comes when we repent and believe. At least that's the way it's translated in Mark 1.15. Repent and believe. Repent's another one of those words. Words change meaning over time. Words need context. And repent is a word. Oh, when I hear repent, I have this knee-jerk reaction. I remember riding my bicycle up to Baskin Robbins, which was on the corner of Rudisol and Calhoun, right below my dentist's office, which was great. If we had a great dentist appointment, my dad would take us to get ice cream. On the corner of that street, where we'd ride our bikes to get ice cream in the summer, was a guy that would stand with a a sandwich board, I think is what they're called. On one side, it had flames painted on it, and it was written... Turn or burn, because if it rhymes, then it's got to be true, right? (laughs) Oh, on the other side, it said the word repent. When I hear repent, the first thing I think of 
is an angry man yelling at people that they're going to hell on the street corner when all I want is my double dip ice cream in a waffle cone. When you hear the word repent, what's it signify to you? What do you think of? Words change meaning over time. We talked about this ad nauseum with Tove. The word good doesn't mean what good used to mean. Nowadays, good means mediocre. It's average. It's not great. It's good. Sometimes good means good versus evil. It's a moral statement. But back in the day, tov meant the ability to multiply. And what we're supposed to multiply is that min tov, our of its kind tov, the thing that we were put here to do in the world. That if you don't do, that part of creation is actually left undone. See, good changed meaning over time. Social. Social has changed meaning. When I asked my wife, what's your social? I meant, what's your social security number? She told me her Instagram handle. Words change meaning over time. Repent, which was the language Jesus spoke when he said this, it was a compound word. Meta, noia. Meta, after, noia, thought. Back in the day, in Jesus' day, repent meant to think different after. Maybe the word repent is so sticky for you. Maybe you had an even worse experience with a guy yelling at you about repent that you need to say think different after. When are the times you have thought different after something? Has it been a Kairos moment? Oh, one of my biggest Kairoses that I actually repented of was playing football on the playground of Unity Lutheran grade school. It was eighth grade. And in eighth grade, some of the boys had hit puberty. Some of them had gotten tall. Some of them were six foot, six foot two, weighing 180, 200 pounds. They were grown men. And I, oh, I was not. I was like five, six, weighing in at 110 pounds max. I was a skinny little thing, but we were playing football. He was the quarterback, and I was the center. I was the guy that hiked the football. We had a rule every four downs, every four times, for those of you that aren't football people, when the ball would get handed to the quarterback, the other team could just rush in. And so Aaron told me I was the guy handing him the football And he said, hut, hut, hike. And I handed him the football. Matt and Brian were the biggest kids in the class. And they yelled blitz and knocked me on my tail. I saw stars. Oh, it was the hardest hit I've ever been hit in my life because that's what happens when two guys hit you and you're only 100 pounds. You can do the math on that. I went flying. Oh, It was a kairos. We can call them a brick wall. And as I laid there on my back, I thought different after. When Aaron said, okay, Henry, this time we're going to do this. I said, no, I had a kairos and I repented. And honestly, the kingdom of heaven was a little bit closer. So Mark 1, 14 and 15, the time has come. The kairos has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand What you do is you repent. You notice the kairos and you think differently about it. What kairos have you had that you need to think about? That you need to think differently about? Is it what your purpose is in life? 
is it why you're here? If that's the case, man, that's why we do find your Tove coaching. But Jesus doesn't just stop there. He says, think different after and believe. Believe may be a good word. Trust, I think, is an even better translation. The word is what Tim and I talked about back on the podcast, faith. It's that action word of faith that after you've thought differently about something, you do something with it. You have to repent first. You have to think different after first. But in order to repent, you have to see the kairos in the first place. So that... That, my friends, is the unconscious competency. The thing that I do without even thinking about is go, oh, that's a kairos. How do I need to think different and how do I put that into action? I've done that since 2004 when I made friends with a man named Mike Breen. So thank you, Mike, for teaching me to do that. And maybe there's things that you need to repent on, to think different after on. Maybe there are kairoses that are speed bumps, that it's time you deal with them before they become brick walls. Maybe they're mirrors that are held up that you go, oh, this is how I am. Or maybe they're crystal balls where you go, this is how it could be or how it should be. For me, the kairos was story. How in order to see... We think in story, and I want to dive into that. There's books that I'll reference and movies, but that, that, my friends, is another episode. For now, I really believe for a lot of you, I trust for a lot of you, that there are kairos that you can see, think different about what's going on with them, and then step into a way that's less like hell and more like heaven. Less like Ra and more Tov. Because when we step into our Tov, it doesn't just affect us, it affects those around us. And so as you do that, my friends, grace and peace.